Thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Ben Evenson. I have like 180 different things in my brain that I want to share tonight, and I'm not going to get to all of them, so we're going to do our best. Oh, is there something loud? Okay, here we go. If you want to look, I think we're going to put it up on the screen. Lynn, do you have First John chapter 1? We're going to go to verse 5 to start. And it says in NIV, I don't know if that's the same. Yeah, it looks like it's right. Okay, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is, help me out. Okay, good. Light. I lost my spot. There in him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of his son purifies us from all sin. So this is a beforehand, afterhand, after, then, if, then, all the time, then reality that you walk in the light of God and his love binds us together. We have fellowship with him, but walking in the light looks like living and walking in the light. How many of you know when you go to bed at night and your lights are on in your room or whatever and you hit the light switch, it's like, oh, crap, how do I get to my bed without dying, right? Like, if, it gets, if you have a dark room, some people don't have that dark room, but you know what I'm talking about, right? It's that crazy place where you're like, I can't see anything. But how many of you know if you stay in the dark for a little while, you get this return of your seeing capabilities that comes back to you? And you can go like, oh, because by the time you like wake up in the middle of the night to go pee, because that happens to some people, right, you know? You wake up and you're like, oh, I can see all the way to get to the bathroom. Enough. Right? Because your eyes have what? Adjusted. Right? It's this amazing thing God did for us is that they like, whoo, they dilate up, they open up, and they receive more light. Right? Your eyes are designed to receive more light. Now, here's the deal. You can semi-function to a certain level in that condition as your eyes have adjusted to walking and living in darkness. Some of you can probably accomplish getting, you know, getting to the bathroom, maybe even taking a shower in the dark. Like, that's probably not that hard to do. Not that you do. I'm just saying you could. How many of you could do a shower in the dark without even, like, not if you got to shave your legs, guys. Not happening. Okay. Shh, hold on. Listen. Stay with me. Stay with me on the analogy here, right? Some of you could probably find your clothes if you laid them out the night before and get dressed in the morning. Right? You could learn to live your life fairly, reasonably, without ever turning on the light. But how many of you know there is absolutely no comparison to the confidence of the color of your socks, shoes, shirt, pants? It's all going to match if you turn on the light and pick out your clothes accordingly. Do you get this? There is, yes, you can function in darkness, and you can claim that you're doing okay. You can walk in a way of living that is completely lacking in the light of God's word and truth and call yourself functional to a point. But there is no comparison to walking that way and living that way to somebody who's like, 
Like, I don't know that I ever run into the wall when the light's on. There are times that I, like, fall over the laundry basket in the middle of the night, like, in the room, like, oh, or kick that dang post at the corner of the bed with your bare foot in the middle. And you're angry, and you're, ah, it's like, I thought I could see fine, but now I know I couldn't. Are you tracking where I'm going with this? If you claim to have fellowship with the light, I go to church and I have worship. Man, I go to encounter nights too, three hours of worship. I do that. But you walk in darkness, it says you are lying. Huh, right? That's what the Bible says. And we do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. That's what's cool too. Fellowship with one another happens when you walk in the light. You can have this pseudo like, hey, we're in the shadows and hiding in the dark, and we have, we're have, we so close, so in love. I'm, I'm alluding to the sexuality part of things now. Yeah. Why is it that making out and all of that seems to be so prevalent at night? Because you can... Because you can't see. You're like, I'll kiss anyone. I can't see them. No. Because you can hide it. Because certain things you can consciously say, I didn't see that. I didn't know that was coming. Oh, my gosh. Like, here's just, this is just practical, spiritual, and physical realities. Like, none of you need, like, spiritual Holy Spirit eyes to understand what I'm talking about right now. There's something about being alone in the dark with the one you so love and you're committed to forever. (laughs) Yeah, I'll look at your Instagram in two months and they will have no appearance anywhere on there anymore. Sorry. Um, But but if I screenshotted this month (laughs) and posted it back on your wall, you would hate me for reminding you of how in love you were forever. Last time. Because now you're in love with someone else and you don't want them to know that you used to be in love with that person forever. Because that would make it weird. What in the world kind of like weirdness? Like, oh my gosh, i got to go hide it all. It's the creation of Snapchat. I'm not here to bag on Snapchat and Insta- like Instagram. But it was created for sexting. Snapchat was created for sexting. The original design, if you don't know what that is, ask mom when you get home, okay? You, oh, yeah, if you're like, no, Ben, how could that be? There's no way you could do that with that app. Why do you think it matters that the picture disappears? Because you want to hide what you know is wrong because keeping it in the dark makes you feel like you can see. But you know, and you're like, oh, my God, I hope no one ever sees that. There's something in the pit of your stomach that says that's wrong. And you're supposed to feel guilty when you are out of God's will. Hello? Like, that's right. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the wiring that God put in you that says, I want you to be in alignment with my plan and the way that I created you because nobody can satisfy you the way that I can because I've set you up a certain way and I only, only I know that. Yet we steer out off to whatever thing we think might fill us up for today 
and we hide stuff in the dark. This is obvious, yeah? I'm going to read a little bit more because here's some, here's some encouragement too in this. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. Good. All of you raised your hand when I asked who's sinned. That's good. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Not just forget about it. It doesn't say if we confess our sins that God is like, oh, let this one slide. It says he will what? Yeah, he does. He does, but that's not it. Right there. And purify us. Purify us means something incredible. Like, that's like taking snow that a dog peed in and making it good enough to eat. What else does purify mean, people? Purify doesn't just mean, oh, let's add some bleach so it's not yellow anymore. Then you can drink it. It'll be fine. God does not take care of your sin with bleach. He takes care of your sin with his blood, and it makes it completely drinkable, which is weird to you if you don't get context we don't have time to cover. Completely consumable reality of your life, your heart can be made completely pure when you get right and real with God and go, wow, I am so out of line. And he goes, I know. Let's get this set right. And he moves on and says, let's go. Let's go where I intended you to go the first time. God is not like GPS. Oh, no, recalculating. Oh, no, you took that exit in L.A.? Like, we're never getting where we want to go. God's like, I have my own highway system. He doesn't recalculate. He doesn't need to. He just says, hey, as soon as you realize you're off, here we go, right back on path. And you might arrive one minute early. Because God is that good to purify your life. Now, look, none of this is for me to tell you, like, hey, because this is the great risk of a really good testimony of God. Church testimonies. I was a drug addict, and I was this, and I had 13 girls pregnant, and then I got saved, and look at how perfect my life is now. Makes everybody go, like, so I can do all that and still turn out good like you. Hey. (laughs) Yes, it's true. You can. But it's not what God desired, and there is pain attached to disobedience. There is pain attached to disobedience. So, yes, God gave you free will and free choice, and you can go and sleep with whoever you want and make out with whoever you want, and you can get drunk as much as you want and do as many drugs as you want, and he will still take you back, and he will still forgive you, but it is not worth the pain. Disneyland was not even that memorable because all I spent the whole time was going, this is so wrong, I'm going to go to jail. Because I knew it was off, and you know what that feeling looks like when you're missing the mark, and you're like, wow. You don't need a preacher to tell you when you're out of line. Because you have a spirit that lives inside you that, like, that reports to the Father, and it's not like, I'm telling on you. He just is the Father, and the Father's in you. And when it disrupts unity and relationship, you just know it. So what does this like look like, guys? Because here it goes on. This is wild. Because he just said, if you say you're without sin, you're totally out of line. You're like an idiot. 
But then he says, if you confess your sin, he'll purify you from all of it. It's really cool. But this goes on. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word has no place in our lives. So don't claim to be without sin. But then his very next verse says, my dear children, I write this to you that you will not sin. It's like, wait a second. Is that like can make your brain go like, wait, this seems like a trick question, trick verse, whatever. It's that Bible thing. You can put it back up there, Lynn, because I want to talk about it. That last one I just, oh, is it two verses? It probably is. No, verse two. Put that back up here. Oh, chapter two, verse one. That's what I meant. It's a big two. The big two. My, <laughs> sorry. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, who goes and he makes a request with the Father, to the Father for us on our behalf. But that means walking and living in fellowship with God. But he says, he's like, if you say you're without sin, then you're totally deceiving yourself. But I say this to you so that you don't sin. Yeah, there are mistakes that may happen, but guess what? They don't have to. Warnings from wise people bring, like, provision to avoid problems. Okay? Like, I can tell you, don't buy Disneyland tickets on Craigslist. It's shady. And you can be like, well, I'm going to go try it anyway. Sounds like fun. Like, and I'll be like, great, that's okay. But I could have warned you from a day of going like, that's like, catch the analogy. So if you're absolutely so madly in love with somebody or if you're not with somebody and you just desperately think that that would satisfy every piece in your life, if you just had that someone to love, it's Valentine's Day, I know. Painful to talk about this today. Oh, my gosh. But what... What if your emotion, your life, your status of how you feel wasn't contingent on some boy wanting more from you than he should have? Because I'll boil it down to, to high school romance. That's about where it goes. If you haven't figured this out at all, girls are different than boys. What? I know. Shocker. Yes. And I know, this is going to be a stereotype that may not be true for everyone, but guys, listen, when girls step into a relationship, it is not, hey, this sounds like fun. It is, oh my gosh, could this be the one? Gr guys are going like, this will be fun. And she's going, this could be the one. We have a massive conflict of interest here because the guy's going like, sweet, we'll just hang out, we'll get to know each other, hopefully we get to make out. If I sleep with her, add that to my belt. And the girl's going like, this one's going to stay with me forever. He's going to commit to me, and he's going to be my knight in shirt. No, this is the heart of a daughter, and I'm not. This doesn't degrade women. I think it's a phenomenal strength of women to be serious about commitment when it comes to relationship. It's the perfect balance that brings guys into a place of, like, moving out of stupid. God created it like that. It's like, yes. Guys are stupid about this. Not forever and not always. But it's the great dance of romance between a man and a woman that brings this crazy balance and it's part of the picture of why homosexuality is just a bizarre thing because it's kind of like there's not the dance of agreement and there's not the dance of like 
what's the word? Um, complimenting one another's difference and weirdness. It's like, I think our pastor Charles said this a few years ago, is that like a man going like, you know what? Women are complicated. <laughs> I'd much rather just love a man. Is like the highest level of self-worship you can go for. It's kind of like it's just easier to love someone like me. <laughs> but God's beauty in the creation of man and woman to be together is a powerful reality of you're so different and you're going to be so good for each other. Because there's something in the created factors of man and woman that bring great strength to one another. So yes, women, you will help men get out of stupid. Men, you will help women know that you're there forever because you're actually in it for the forever. You're not just looking at it going like, oh, this will be fun. Because we can talk all night long probably about, okay, Ben, what's the line? I want to know the line. Has anyone ever asked that question? What's the line? I have a girlfriend. How far can we go? What's the pastor say? And girls will ask the same question. What's okay? What's allowed? How far? How much of me? And I don't have an answer to that question. You wouldn't like the answer I would give you, but I'll let you answer the question yourselves. And I've asked this question before. I said, if one of you happen to be hanging out down here at Harrisburg Mall and you happen to see your youth pastor, Ben, walking through the mall, interlocked fingers with some woman that's not that one back there. See her? She's beautiful. Anyway, that's my wife. Right? Stop. Oh, my gosh. See how the the guys are like, what, Ben? I don't get it. The girls are like, oh, that's beautiful. It's different. None of the guys are going, oh, that was... You can deny the difference all you want, but you just watched it happen in the room. The girls are melting, and the guys are like, get to the point. Ben, what are you talking about? Okay. Serious. Look at me. If you were to see me walking through the mall holding hands with some lady that's not her, is that okay? Why? Cheating. Okay, that's cheating. So, yeah, Marcy deserves better. You're right, she does. I, I've known that for 15 years. Anyway, but I still got her. Anyway, um, she, yeah, she puts up with me. Anyway, she's bringing me out of stupid, okay? It's a process, okay? Oh, see, the guys are like, what? Girls are like, so adorable. Anyway, anyway, so weird. Look at me. Look at me. How many of you believe that there's someone you're going to marry out there someday? Are you? How many of you do not believe that there? I'm not saying the one that God has anointed. I'm not. Don't get me wrong. Do you believe you'll be married someday? Put your hand in the air. Okay, now look. Look at me right now. You all just said that. Are you committed to them? Are you committed to them? Or is that just something you'll work out when the time comes? For now, you'll commit to anything that happens to roll up in front of you looking fine. That's my, my generation. Looking fine. 
Yeah, they don't say that anymore. It's okay, I'm old. I'm allowed to talk old. Look at me. Look at me. Are you committed to your future husband or wife? So is there a difference between me being committed to my wife and holding hands with someone else and you being committed to your future husband or wife and holding hands with someone else? Right? Because it says, I mean, oh, I know, I'm throwing the line. I'm like, oh, snap, Ben just made the line really hard. What if, what if, you guys, I was about to say something else, and I forget. Oh, man, it was good. It was good. The Holy Spirit probably took it away because it maybe isn't the right moment. Whatever. He can do that. Um, so here's what I... Here's what I want to call out of this. It's like, look, again, this isn't the condemnation train. Like, oh, <laughs> so superior. But, man, what if the way of God was the right way to do things where there's never this in your stomach and God says, ah, there's somebody out there for you. I don't know if it's like God's like, that's the person. I think God really is into free choice and he lets you choose who you're going to commit to for the rest of your life. Why wait till you meet them to choose that? And I just, like, I ask the same question in reverse. I'm like, if you believe that person is somewhere in the world, what do you want them doing with their current boyfriend or girlfriend tonight? Do you, like, just hope they're having a really good time with her? I No, I know the girl. The, I don't even think the guys are going like, yeah, I really hope she's shacking up with some dude tonight. How many of you guys can honestly raise your hand and say, I hope my future wife is sleeping with somebody tonight? Any guys? Any guy in this room bold enough to legitimately not to be hilarious? Like, oh, I'll be the guy. Okay. I'll raise my hand to be hilarious. Not a single one of you wants that happening. How many of you guys want your future wife holding hands with some other dude tonight? Because that's going, it's not big. Like, Every one of you thinks about this, and you want commitment. You want a marriage that lasts. Guess what? The world's feeding you a whole bunch of try it before you buy it. What if you're not compatible after you get married? Oh, my gosh. What if you wait to have sex till you're married, and then you find out it doesn't work? Do you really think that's going to be a problem? Nope. Nope. It'll work just fine, okay? Compatible. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like, your world is feeding you this entire thing. And guess what? If the world system that is feeding you these lines was working, I wouldn't have a lot to say. But look around. The system your world is feeding you, the mentality about dating, and the way you should, oh, my gosh, if I'm not with somebody, I might, there might be something wrong with me. Like, Disney Channel feeds you that from age, like, four Right? From age four, it's like, oh, my gosh, I need a boyfriend. I'll be a princess. And Oh, my gosh. Is it true, though? It's, oh, my gosh, it is true. But look at me. The divorce rate in our world today in America, where we have all the best technology and all the best information out there and all of this, is rising by the day. Well over 60% now, that means like most are not lasting. 
That means your world system that's like, oh, yeah, I'm totally, this is the way to do it. Even my parents agree I should go and date around and it'll be really fun. Because I should really find out what kind of person I like and what kind of person I want to marry. Guess what? You don't have to get in their pants to find that out. Oh, I said that in church. Please, we sent your parents an email. I'm allowed to say whatever I want. Come on. Hear me out, okay? Look at this is like, yes, this is a high standard that I'm saying today. And I fully believe that you can choose to take this however you want. Guess what? I will not answer to God for how you choose to take this information. I'm here to deliver what I absolutely in my heart believe to be truth. And I have a a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter and a shotgun named the same name. No, I'm just kidding. That this matters to me more now. A bunch of my friends bought me a shotgun when Maisley was born. Named it Maisley. First boy to come to my door, hey, can I see Maisley? I'll be like, yep. (laughs) Let me introduce you. Yes. No, look. And I say that. Look, look. I'm not seriously going to threaten the life of any boy until I have to. Um, No, I'm kidding. But look at this. What do I, as a father, want for my daughter to marry? What kind of dude? This really, like, this starts to like boil my blood to think what that boy is going to be doing through his teenage years if America doesn't see a revolution in this thinking that says, my gosh, there's a better way to do this thing and see success in marriage, in life. Because guys and girls alike, takes guys a little longer to get to that place where it matters as much, both want a lasting relationship that they don't have to fight to hold on to and please so that they don't leave them. That's why people are afraid to get married in America, because it's a bargaining chip to leave if they stop getting what they want. As long as I don't sign the paper and put a ring and make a commitment, it's like easy, like, you're not satisfying my needs. I'm moving out tomorrow. What an easy, cheap, lame, like, little boy mentality. That's not a man or a woman, and it's not what any of you want to marry. You all want a real long relationship, so live like it. Prep for it now. It doesn't suddenly begin. I told you I got lied to. Make it to your, make it to your wedding as a virgin, and oh, victory is yours. I made it to my wedding a virgin. Yeah. But guess what? I still have to fight for my wife every single day. Because my heart has to, like, stay there. I have to choose to stay married. 60% of Americans, it's culturally acceptable to divorce now. People don't even go like, oh, that's kind of sad. Sorry that happened. It's culturally normal. So it's not even like, oh, I would get so shamed by my culture. Even in the church, it's become semi-accepted and normal now. Yeah, you guys, it's just better. You're both happy apart. <laughs> Come on. No, I'm, I, I walked down the aisle and made vows to my wife till death do us part. I'm in this. It's not a contract. 
If she screws it up, I'm still in a covenant with my wife, not a, oh, you broke the contract, I'm gone. That's like, I was, it was like shockwave to my system when I realized, oh my gosh, I got married and it's not like just perfect and working. And I've got to fight for my wife, but it's awesome. I think it'd be boring if I didn't have to. It's kind of like, I think for men, it'd be like, oh, what do we just ride this thing out now? Like, <laughs> that does nothing for the heart of a man. It's kind of like, no, I'm going to win. I'm gonna, I will not quit. I will not quit. This is, guys, we got prophetic words over you, your lives, not just this general youth group at, at Life Center, over you to blow the lid off the youth movement in America. What do you think that looks like? Do you think that's because we get the coolest band with the best worship and we put out like eight CDs a year and everybody comes to our shows and you can stand in the audience if you're not one on the band and you can be like, I've been part of this for a while. That's going to blow the lid off the youth movement, man, and everybody's going to want to be airborne. Does that, does that excite anybody in this room? Come on. Like, there's a million cool youth groups out there, man. Sorry, your youth pastor doesn't even have any tattoos. They just probably aren't going to get the cool thing. It's just not. I mean, maybe I'll get a tattoo if that's what it requires to be cool. I don't, whatever. I'm just kidding. I won't. There's nothing wrong with tattoos. I'm just saying I don't have any, so I'm not cool. All right? Look. Shh. Look at me. What would actually blow the lid off of the youth movement in America today? More cool, more entertainment, more fun. What if we had private jets for everybody? Like, come on. That would be like, what the heck is going on there? It wouldn't be like, wow, I want Jesus. If, if, it's gonna, if the lid's going to blow off the youth movement, it's going to be because people see Jesus moving in a generation in a way that they're like, what the heck are they doing? It's completely against their culture. The next Jesus people movement. Do you know what the Jesus people movement was in the 60s? In a time when like literally like Charles and Anne were strung out on LSD and trying every Eastern religion from Buddhism to whatever. I don't even know all the names of them. Every drug, every possible thing. And this dude named Lonnie Frisbee with a big old beard, hippie guy, got wrecked by Jesus, changed his life. And people on LSD saw something so much better that they, a bunch of hippies got saved. And they tried to show up at church, and church said, ooh, put on some nice clothes. So they went and started their own churches. And lo and behold, you have Life Center, started by Charles and Ann Stock. Hippies to the core, saved in the 60s. Like, the pictures are awesome. Seriously, there's a picture of Charles. I think they got it on a coffee mug, Charles and Ann. Charles had a beard like this big, big old hair. Red bandana around his neck, no shirt. The guy was stacked, like ripped. He was a river, he was a whitewater river rafting guide, hippie. And Anne had like the long, flowy summer, like flower dress and hair. And they got married on the summer solstice on a big rock in California because they were like mega hippies. Seriously, crazy. This house, the roots of this house is in the Jesus people movement. So yes, God wants to bring back that type of a reality that isn't like, oh, you better change your clothes before you come to Airborne and become cool and get sweet tattoos. And man, you better be a rock star to be on our worship team. Screw all of it. 
That will not make airborne blow the lid off of anything. A generation of young people that say yes to God and completely abandon their lives to him will blow the lid off a youth movement and the nations will come to see. That'll be great. We'll be wildly famous, but that's not what it's about. That's the cry of Charles Hart for years and years and years is let's just make Jesus famous. Famous. That's the senior pastor of this house that's poured this thing for 30 years. He's done this for like, he's like a literal genius. He's like reads quantum physics for fun. He could be off making gazillions of dollars, but he gave his life and they literally fed their kids ketchup popsicles because they had no money when they started. Yeah, ketchup popsicles because it was cheap to buy a bottle, squeeze it in, freeze it, and give them to their kids to suck on. Yeah, they could have, like, done a lot of other things. Look, I'm getting, but I need you to see that you're part of something bigger than you and your boyfriend or girlfriend. It's not wrong for you to pursue a boy or a girl, but watch your heart and watch yourself and keep it pure. So you don't have to make it pure. Keep it pure. Just like be cool with each other. I like, I tell you what, you will not get to know a person better by dating them. I know for a fact, because once you date somebody, you act different in front of the mirror every time you're going to see them. You probably don't fart in front of them. Come on, tell me, tell me the truth. Some of you are like, yes, we do. <laughs> like, that's so weird. Anyway, do you hear me? You get to know your friends at their heart of hearts when you're not putting up a show to keep them around. Okay? Again, if you've got to ask somebody out, do it so well that the world will stand in wonder of how you, wow, that's so pure and so clean. My gosh, I hope to marry one of them. What if you were the most desirable men and women on the market? <laughs> I know, it's dangerous. Oh, yeah, yeah. Guess what God does to people? He purifies them, cleans them up, and makes them like light in a dark place. Mm, it's powerful, guys. So here's the question that I had, I got during prayer before tonight. Most of what I had to say, I didn't know I was going to say tonight, but it was somewhere in there. It's all up in my heart somehow. This was the question I said, do you trust God enough to trust God? Like we all are like, yeah, I trust God, I'm a Christian. Of course I do. But do you trust God enough to trust him with your future? Or do you need to manipulate it out and be like, oh, what if he leaves me? I better do this to make him happy so he doesn't leave. You know you're laying something out there that doesn't belong in that. It's not the right time. So do you trust God to bring him out of your life if he's only going to stay because you take your clothes off or send him a nude selfie? Oh, yeah, like that's never talked about. Come on, please. If that's the only, if that's the only way you can keep him, how, how long will that work? How long can you keep him that way? Girls, in your heart of hearts, you want it forever. You want him forever. When you're 80, is he going to be asking for nude photos? <laughs> so look, if you're going to keep him with nude photos, what happens when that just gets old? Yeah, oh crap, then you lose your forever. 
and then your heart's broken again. Like, come on. I could literally talk about this all night long, but I just want to declare something over your lives. So stand up. Come on. Oh, man. Come on, look. Here's what I'm saying. The next Jesus people movement's going to come out of this house. Some of you are going to be part of it, and some of you are going to figure out your own way to do life. I can't make either way happen. I cannot drag any of you into a Jesus people movement because you'll hate me for it because you didn't choose it yourself. I'm dead serious. The call is out there. The invitation's available. But you can't be forced into something and be fulfilled by it. And I would say that about your purity at the same time. I can't make you, you could walk out of here and be like, I'm going to do this all right because Ben said that was good. Like, I'm going to really try. No, commit with your heart. Because if you're doing it for me, you got it all wrong. I don't want a single one of you to purify your heart to please Ben. I want you to do it for you, for your spouse, and your Lord. Because that's what's going to be forever. That's it. I'm getting old, you know. I won't be around forever. No, I'm kidding. Like, please, please don't do this to please your pastor or your parents. If your parents are telling you, just just say, Mom, Dad, I'm going to. I'm going to be pure on my terms and God's terms. Don't make up your own little system like, oh, yeah. I had two friends in high school that, like, said their marriage vows together, like, with a friend. No, it was so dumb. So they could sleep together, and then they broke up three months later. Like, they, like, said their marriage vows because they're like, then it'll be right. They were, like, part of our youth group, and it was weird. Okay? It's like they were like, oh, yeah, we'll just we'll do it legit. Like, because that's, that's, what, that's what our pastor would want. If we're married, we can have sex, so let's get married. How bizarre. They didn't get married for real. It was like they had their friends stand there and they made vows. It was bizarre. Anyway. So look, doing it for some religious reason, doing it for like, oh, yeah, Ben said, I'm just going to. Like, you can take my word for it and go like, God, I need revelation. And Holy Spirit, I need you to move in my heart to make this a foundational conviction inside me that desires this kind of purity, this kind of life, because I see the evidence. Come on, there's evidence all around us for everything. Which are you choosing to believe? Come on, close your eyes quick. I just want to pray for you. God, I thank you for this generation. I thank you that you've called them up and you've called them forth to great purity, God. I thank you. Now, right now, you're doing a purifying work in so many hearts in this room that are saying, yes, God, this is my heart. This is my, this is where I want to go, but I've messed it up before, and I don't know. Can I get back? Yes. He says yes to you right now, and he wipes it clean. It's actually pure. It's not just forgotten. It's not just pushed off to be dealt with later. He forgets it. He purifies it, and it will not be brought up when you enter the gates of heaven. The Bible says that somewhere else. It's truth. So, God, I thank you for those that are getting purified right here in this room right now. Their hearts are getting clean and healed, God. I pray for miraculous biological healing to happen from things that have happened to young people in this room. 
like medical, biological, physical attributes, God being healed right now in this room from damage, from abuse, from bad mistakes, God, and bad decisions. Father, we just pray, bring purity across this room right now. And God, as a pastor, as a youth leader, with the youth leaders of Airborne, we stand together with these students to believe and pray for and call down a a legion of angels around every one of them to guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. To guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And purity would be preserved and this generation would see. The world would see what it looks like to abandon to Jesus Christ and find true joy true fulfillment without guilt. So God, I thank you for what you're doing in this room tonight. I thank you for the commitments that are happening in hearts right now. And I pray you'd bless them. Holy Spirit, you'd seal them. Come and reveal yourself right now, God. Come and touch. Holy Spirit, come and move in a powerful way. God, that these students would feel your presence as they place their heart in your hands and say, God, I trust you enough to trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This podcast was recorded live at Wednesday Night Youth Meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.